That's right, folks. There is a team in the NHL that is free-falling, and I don't want to say it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, but it is the Ottawa Senators. Austin, you know, anytime you feel bad about the Leafs or pissed off that the Leafs lost a game or something happened, just look at what happened with Ottawa today in the Matt Duchesne trade. And this just, just came down, what, about half hour before we started recording the podcast? So we've been... Yeah. dissecting that but this is the trade as we speak it is should have had the trade details in front of me but my computer wasn't loading um so it's matt duchene and a jonathan bergman did i get uh, that right or no not jonathan um uh julius julius bergman for a 2019 first round pick vitaly abramov Jonathan Davidson and a 2020 conditional first round pick, which I believe states that if Columbus were to resign Duchesne, then you know Columbus would get would give that pick to the 2020 pick to uh, Ottawa. Yeah. Although the chances of Matt Duchesne resigning in Columbus, uh, I wouldn't say it's not likely, but I don't think it's. Uh, I mean, Columbus isn't even preparing to. Apparently, they haven't even talked extension with this trade. He's just a rental piece for them. So, yeah, I don't think I. It, it's tough because like there's going to be teams that are going to pony up for Duchesne and free agency. Yeah. Um, you know, I, well, for that as a Columbus fan, it's just, it's disheartening a little bit. That's you get this good player, and it pretty much confirms that Panarin and Bobrovsky are pretty much gone, considering that you just got one of the top three targets in on the trade market and he's just going to be you have the cap i would assume to sign him on link columbus isn't a cap crunch and he's just, they're just going to let him walk after this assumingly i'm pretty sure columbus still has to sign Lorenzi. like that's that can't be fun to hear um no it's not sorry um columbus has i'm just looking up their uh hockey uh, they're cap friendly right now. They're somewhere, 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 somewhere. Where's Columbus? They're right below Winnipeg. <laughs> there we go. So Columbus this season had uh, much cap space. I gotta make this a bigger window. Uh, Columbus had six million in cap space, so enough to add Duchesne at the deadline, obviously. Yeah. Um, next season they have. 13 players signed, so they have to sign. Um, Radetzky. You okay there, Austin? Sorry. Austin, you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm all good. All right, no, there was just some uh, really weird noise in the background, so we want to make sure you're good. Oh. Um, so they have Wierenski that they have to sign, Adam Clendenning, who I don't think would cost them a lot, Scott Harrington. They don't really have they're a lot. Co- yeah, they're all guys that aren't going to cost you a lot, those guys. No, Wierenski is the big guy. You have to find a goalie to replace Bobrovsky. And um, they have about $49 million in cap space, so they have the cap space. Okay. Well, that's not the worst thing. It's just, uh, I mean, Panarin and Bobrovsky being gone are pretty much a foregone conclusion. They don't seem like they want to be there and... I mean, if you're Duchesne, you'd rather test the market, you'd think, rather than sign on long-term with a team that you really don't know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, so I think, like, if you're Ottawa, you'd assume that this was the best deal you can get for Duchesne, which, actually, if I think about it, has less... I would wonder what Winnipeg, Nashville, teams I think really could have used Duchesne 
What were they planning to give up then if they weren't willing to meet meet that price? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's a weird situation and I just I don't really I mean it's gonna help Columbus, but they're currently not in the playoff spot. Yeah, so they're they're hoping that this trade because look, like the Metro is very wide open, I say. They're probably it's probably the most wide open division. I think um, when you look at um, I'm just pulling up the standings right now. Like I'm pretty sure Washington, Columbus, and Pittsburgh and Clark Carolina are all within like striking distance of each other. Like it's not. If I look at the Metropolitan right now, they have 69 points. Nice and. Nice. Pittsburgh has 71. So, like, they're right there. And Washington has 75. They're not running away with, like, no team in that division is running away with it like Tampa is. Yeah, no. It's like, if, you, if you're a team that's maybe on the fringe, you try and get that first wild card spot because you get the Islanders. And uh, you take your chances with that and hope Robin Lehner doesn't stand on his head for the entire series. Yeah. Rather than facing Tampa. I mean, because yeah. Tampa, you're just going to get steamrolled as a wild card team. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, if you're Columbus, why are you doing all this just to play? Tampa? You're doing this cause you think you can take over Pittsburgh for third spot. They're doing this because they, well, I don't know. I don't want to speak for Yarmo and all the people there, but they're doing this because they know they're major players. They're not going to move them. They're going to use them as personal rentals. And they're going to take one more swing at the playoffs and try to win that cup. And they they have some great pieces, but they are not at that level unless a miracle happens. Yeah. Speaking about You'd have mir- to go through Tampa. You'd have to go through Washington, Pittsburgh, all these. Anyway, yeah, they're just... It's more just making a move to make your fans happy. Yeah, and so with that, let's uh, shift gears to the other team that's free-fallen. But they're not really free-fallen. It's just... The sky is falling. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the sky is falling syndrome. Um, Third place in the Atlantic Division with uh, 76 points. Montreal is three points behind. Uh, they play each other on Saturday, so this Saturday game better not go to overtime. Let's just say mm. that. And but the Leafs, the Montreal does have a game in hand, and Boston, who's four points up, also has a game in hand. So, um, I, I'm not in the I'm not in the mood to say that the Leafs are in trouble, but they're not in trouble. Their 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 play over the last three games has not been good enough to win like look they had a lot of chances against washington they also didn't score a goal until the third period for the second straight game it's also not the leafs just being bad they were they outshot washington 42 28 <laughs> it's chalked that game up to another great goalie performance because Braden holby we need to give credit where credit's due because holby was great he made lo- he had saves that should have gone in like I think there was that one on Marlowe in the first period when there was that big frenzy. like, And then Matthews hit the crossbar on the rebound. Yeah, it's just... It's one of those games. The Leafs, I think it was 40-something to 28 or something, the shots. Like, they beat them handily in shots. Yeah, so it's not like the Leafs are getting outplayed. I don't think the Leafs are getting outplayed. They're just... They're lapses in their game. Like, for me, when... um, what was it? The power play. Yeah, sorry. The power play when Ovechkin scored. The And then they took another penalty after that. Uh, and they just looked rattled during that little stretch of play. Like, they stopped moving. They weren't. Their passes weren't crisp. There was really no offense. Well, not no offense, but they just they looked rattled by the calls that weren't going their way. And it's just been stretches like that where they're not necessarily rattled, but they just they don't show up for a stretch. And it cost them. And that happened with St. Louis. Uh, I didn't see the Arizona game, so that was I, just that was just that was like when you watched them play against Florida, where yeah. they couldn't make a pass, they couldn't get yeah. shots, they got hemmed in their own zone. 
that was an ugly performance. That was probably that was probably their worst game of the season. Like they've been shut out, but there's games where they've been shut out and they've at least looked like they could get out of it. This game, they just looked like they were not going to get out of it. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. St. Louis game was fine because the Leafs have been sort of notorious this season for um, just not showing up for a while. Detroit's a very good example of those games where they were just easily the worst of the two teams. And then the last 10 minutes, they just flipped that switch and sent the game to overtime with a couple goals. It's very odd how they can just do that. <laughs> like, it's just, as soon as they just go, oh, we need that goal back, it's it's over. The other team gets cycled on for half a period. Yeah, and, like, the, there's been a lot of opinions brought up about what the team needs to do to get out of this slump and what they need to do to get themselves ready for playoff hockey. I I don't want to talk about this. Uh, it, it's like, can I just real quick before we go into this because I know where what road we're going down is. A lot of people were bringing up the fact that the Caps out hit the Leafs last night. You know what you can't do when you have the puck more than the other team is hit them. Yeah, that's why Washington led the game in hits, not because Tom Wilson had forty five hits last night. Not because we need an Adam McQuaid. That was easily the worst take, by the way. If you want to get to your part, was the yeah. Nazem Kadri concussion. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think Adam McQuaid changes whether or not Nazem Kadri gets a concussion from a collision where he tries to cut into the middle of the ice and gets caught with his head. Like, he, his head wasn't looking down, but his head was, like, he wasn't paying, he wasn't aware of Dunn coming at him. Well, people were like, if Adam McQuaid was out there, Nazem Kadri would never have gotten concussed. It's like, you don't know that. Nazem Kadri could have very well got concussed, and then Adam McQuaid would have been looking for a fight and then taking an instigator and put the leaf on the penalty kill because he was trying to go with someone. I don't know what people... Like, look, Tom Wilson and Adam McQuaid are not the same type of player. You know, as much as we hate Tom Wilson, he's one of those players. He's a Brad Marchand. He's a Leo Komarov. He's one of those players that you absolutely hate if he's not on your side, but you would love him to death if he was a Leaf. Well, I would say Leo Komarov when he was an all-star, <laughs> not Leo Komarov. The one Leo that Komarov played. when he was just okay. knocking people into the boards and getting under people's skin and they were taking penalties because they were trying to fight him and he wouldn't go with them. And was a reliable penalty killer. And yep. like that's the and look, Leo Komarov pre-last season. Because that was a bit of an anomaly. Look, before Tom Wilson started scoring goals this season, by the way, he also missed a good chunk of the season because of a suspension. He's been very good. <laughs> He's been very good. But this is a breakout season for him. He hasn't done this in the past. He's also playing with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Yeah. Grain of salt. <laughs> well, because they paid him to play with. Like, he was moved up there. And they're like, we're going to have to pay him to play with like. It came with the territory, but I, I just don't get, I don't get what people think. Like we need to, they need to add toughness. Well, one player doesn't make your team tough. I And, and that player is probably going to play on the third line, fourth line, sorry, not third line. Well, if it's a fourth, third line, fourth line, if it's a defenseman. It's a bottom six. It's a bottom six, uh, borderline. Uh, not forward line. wise is a bottom six. Yeah. Like if Wayne Simmons, whoever one is, that's the one that people are putting pointing towards, were to be traded, he's not playing with Austin Matthews. I'm sorry, he's not. He's going to be playing with. Well, right now it's Nylander, but he'll probably be playing with Nylander. I don't see him as a fourth line. I, I don't see like they're not going to go and trade for a guy like Simmons and put him on the fourth line. That's just. It's, it's just it's not a position you want to be in because. Uh, who's moving down to accommodate Wayne Simmons? Because Marlowe's not going to play on the fourth line. It's going to be Janssen or Kapanen. Uh, or Connor Brown. Like Connor or Brown. Connor Brown. Fourth line. That would be ideal, but it, I don't think it'll happen. I think Connor Brown, like Babcock has played him on the fourth line. It's just. Somebody really has to force Babcock's hand for that to happen. Well, I still I still think it's Patrick Marlowe's the guy who I think is the Leafs aren't getting enough from. And. 
I, luckily, Babcock has put him uh, down to the third line. Yeah. Maybe not playing him with Matthews will help him, but he wasn't exactly doing great before he got... I don't even know how what made him... Like, I understand he's a good veteran guy. He can He's relatively still a good skater. No, he's still good. He's just, it's just one of those seasons where he's not like he got a lot of stuff to go in for him last year. It's just not happening this year, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, I think like there's been some bad. I I, I think it's you know him and Kadri. They they're guys who get snake bitten. Yep. Um, let's not forget like Babcock tries to put Marlowe out for tougher matchups too. He's not getting yeah. the fourth line. Like that's not happening. No, Matthews is going out against whoever in the top six Babcock wants him to play against. Yeah, so I, I, I do agree that, you know, it, it's not like Marlowe's getting an easy right. Like, yeah, playing with Matthews should bring the most out of him, but it's don't expect him to uh, have a, to come out and break out. And, look, I, I think, you know, he hasn't played well enough to justify being in that spot, but I think we're being – I think – I, I know I'm critical of being uh, I'm guilty of being too critical sometimes of uh, of Marlowe. So if he wasn't with Matthews and Kapanen wasn't having the season he was, I don't think we'd be complaining very much about Marlowe because Kapanen has 18 goals I think to this point. He's played really well. Uh, yeah, so like like Kapanen deserves to play with Matthews. Yeah. Johnson deserves to play with Matthews. Yeah, good for Babcock for making that a thing yesterday. Yeah, I, I just wonder now, does Nylander now deserve to play with Matthews? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, but I kind of like him doing his own thing on another line because Nylander's been skating circles around teams as of late. I like him, and like, I know he's not the defensively reliable center. Um, I, I think he got caught. I don't think it was totally his fault on the Connolly goal. Like, he went behind the net. And that left the front of the net open, but I think he was trying to help Gardner, because God for God forbid a forward comes back to try to help the defenseman. Um, but nobody accounted for Connolly. There was just a lack of communication on that goal. But yeah, um, like Nylander, other than scoring, he's been the most. Um, he's been the Leaf that's been trying to do whatever he can to get the team going. Yeah, the hit like. I watch him skate that puck out of the defensive zone when half the team can barely make a pass out of the zone without do- throwing it out uh, for a stretch pass. Mm-hmm. And then you get the morons. I'm calling them morons. Like, and now, if you are a, one of those morons, I'm a, I'll apologize for calling you a moron, but some of the takes I've been hearing have been very moronic of saying that the Leafs can't win with a guy like Nylander. I mean... Do you want to just? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not calling his. I'm not saying his name because that's just giving him fuel for his hot. Guy time. McGuy had a take and it was not good. <laughs> to say that this is these are the same fans who thought that the Leafs would not be able to win with Phil Castle and what happened to Phil Castle? He won two cups in Pittsburgh and he didn't exactly t- sit in the back seat like him in that first cup run. I believe it was the first one against. Uh, was it the first one or the second one? Whichever one was the one with Bonino, Haglin, and Kessel. That was a fantastic line. Yeah. Is Kessel struggling this year? Yeah, he is. But he also want, like helped them win two cups. Yep. People, you need players that can bring something different. If you're not accustomed to a talented player who is not all about crashing and banging. Guess what? Then I don't think the game of hockey is for you. The new uh, game yeah. of hockey. I'll keep this short with my thing. It's just Guy McGuy. We will call him for now, I guess. We're just going to call them all Guy McGuys from now on. Yeah. Um, if you watched that game last night and thought William Nylander was the problem, you need to reevaluate how you watch the game of hockey. By the way, Guy McGuy's take was he didn't score the game winner, so... Th- what did he do? William Nylander doesn't fit my narrative in the Leafs' loss, so time to throw him under the bus for the 20th time this season. Did did Nylander struggle at the start of the season? Yes, he did. Has Nylander shown that he's getting himself back to where he is? I think so. 
Let's not He's forget. been one of the best players on the ice for the Leafs on multiple occasions since the All-Star break. Let's not forget that the last time the Leafs played the Capitals and they dummied them, it was Nylander and Kadri that that led the way. Yep. Pe- like People have very short memories of that. Um, it's incredible. <laughs> it is. It, you know what? And look, there. I don't know if you've watched Steve Dangle's uh, LFR. From this one, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Steve was spot on. Like, yep. you are, you you are either in with this team, or you should not be watching this team. Yep, like it's one or the other. You can't you can't just be like, oh, Nylander sucks. Then Nylander scores. You're like, oh, Nylander's like, you know, yeah, I never doubted you, buddy. Like, you legitimately, not like the sarcastic ones that everyone else puts on Twitter that yeah. actually follow the team. Like. No, it doesn't work like that. Is he? Yeah, is Nylander's not exactly throwing up big points? But guess what? Nobody else in the Leafs is right now. But at least I can see. Look, eyes and the numbers show that he is contributing something that other players are not contributing right now. Look, Mitch Marner. Nobody talked about how it was his shot on the rebound, and he shot it at the net on the power play on that third goal. And went to the net, leaving his side, which doesn't have like there's no defender backing him up, open for the two on one. Like there, he also just had that ridiculous. Well, I don't know what he was thinking that pass with a wide open net to Hyman. Oh yeah, that, that too. Like I'm sorry if Mitch, if people are saying Mitch Marner deserves the same amount of money than Austin Matthews. Matt now Matthews is, was guilty of this in the past. I think he's smartened up a little bit now. Yeah. If you have the chance to shoot when the goalie is down, you shoot it. You do not pass it to Zach Hyman, who I'm sorry, Zach, you don't have the best hands on the team. I'm, I'm not a Zach Hyman. It's like, he does not do things very well when it comes to scoring around the net. No, he and, and look. Does he have the odd, you know, the nice, you know, tip in? Like, he's had some nice goals. But, yeah. But nine times out of ten, I don't want him getting that shot. Most of the time, his goals are just those lunch pail goals that you see, like the one in St. Louis. And that's fine. I mean, you need those. You do. Like, goals in the NHL are hard to come by, and the Leafs need guys who are willing to do something different to score a goal. I agree. But... If you are looking at Zach Hyman to produce that for you, then I'm sorry, you're looking at the wrong guy. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. But William Nylander, I mean, just the narrative that people have about him, he's, it's because he's Swedish. Like, let's be honest. I think that's part, well. He's I, from Calgary, but let's, he's Swedish anyway. I think, um, I wouldn't say it's because he's Swedish. It's just, he doesn't no. play the blue collar Leafs hockey that people that come on that people if he was Canadian to. they'd be making some bullshit excuse like he just needs to get in the weight room and he'll be fine he's a good old Canadian kid he's Swedish so he's soft and he can't hit people uh what was it William Nylander had more hits than um Connor Brown last night Nylander's had more hits than Brown over a good stretch actually and people have been saying, hey, we need more of that Connor Brown and Zach Hyman grit, not William Nylander. It's like, yeah, that guy that's supposed to be soft hits more than your meat and potatoes guy. Congrats. Like, if you are not hitting, like, I'm not saying hitting more, but if you're not doing those things, and you you better be scoring. You better be doing something else. Yeah. So uh, William Nylander is just walking around teams. I've said it a couple times. Uh, in our chat, I've said it to people. Uh, just when he starts to do those laps around the rink, you're the opposition's in trouble. Yeah. And he did it a couple times last night, and he drove Matt Niskin into the net and almost scored in the first period. He took one of the Caps' best defensemen and drove him with a power move to the net and almost got a goal out of it. Connor Brown got stuffed on the rebound. And look, I, I think Connor Brown can be a capable offensive player. Oh, that's the, yeah, it's not a slight on Connor Brown. That's he had a yeah. shot and, and hope he stopped it. It's hope he was fantastic. 
Uh, like that's true. that's also true. Like Holpe was was making some very tough saves. Like the Leafs were, you know, they were setting up the screens. I would have liked if the Leafs, and I'm not just saying it's Neil. I would like more players to attack the middle of the ice more, but they're not, they're they're trying it more. They're they're at least giving it you know they're they're putting an effort to do it. I wish they would do it more often. I think mm-hmm. guys like Matthews, Tavares, like those are the guys I would expect to do that more. Kapanen, guys who have the speed, who are willing to push through the middle, need to do it a bit more. Yeah, it's um, we'll see. I mean, they're not. It's it's three straight losses. It's the first time the Leafs have done that this season. They they were the last. So only Tampa. Tampa's the only team now that hasn't lost more than two straight. So Tampa's the only team that hasn't lost more than two straight games. I can't believe Tampa's lost more than or lost two straight in general. They have. I know they have. <laughs> but that's it. Like the Leafs were in that, that the beginning of the season. Probably like they like I think what Tampa hasn't lost in regulation since January end of January. Toronto's okay. it's tough because it's another you brought up Dangle. That's another thing he said is the Leaf fans were spoiled and he's completely right. We were without Nylander. We ended up finishing top or becoming top five in the league without one of our main pieces in the lineup. We were untouchable for the first half of the season. And now this team's facing a little adversity, and the fan base is just crumbling. And it's just, it's, I can't even go on Twitter after losses. That's how bad it's gotten. Uh, yeah, like, oh, I mean, Ian Tolick was really had a good tweet about that. Like, leaves Twitter after a loss, and it's that scene from Community where the phone's yeah. on fire. Like, just don't insane. even bother going on Twitter if you don't enjoy the team. Like, what do you think? You're going to at the Maple Leafs and say, this team sucks. We need to go back and get Wendell Clark and Dougie Gilmore. Do you think the Leafs are going to tweet you back and be like, yeah, bud, you're right. Just stay off Twitter. Nobody cares about your opinion. I hate to break it to you. Yeah. As somebody that tweets a lot of stuff that doesn't get reactions, nobody gives a shit about your opinion. Shut up. Uh, yeah, it's... I think because like look and I I'm hoping that because there's been pressure from that this the start of the season until now that the playoffs just aren't gonna have that same effect on the Leafs. Um. Uh, okay, I, I we're not gonna spend too much time talking about the replay because I do want to spend the next uh, ten fifteen minutes talking about the deadline. There, ah. There's been a lot of talk about guys the Leafs are scouting, teams that the Leafs have been looking at as potential trade partners. Um, if you haven't listened to 31 Thoughts, uh, if you just listen to actually the first bit of it, because they start off with the Atlantic Division, um, the Leafs have been scouting Carolina, New York, Detroit, and Anaheim, based on what Ellie Friedman's saying. Yeah. Um, and also just... Sorry to cut you off, but I was listening to because uh, TSN put out a lot of stuff, and I follow them on YouTube. And Bob McKenzie just did his latest podcast with Drager and LeBron, and I they had a lot of stuff one, to say yeah. about the Leafs that were good. And apparently, uh, the night uh, two nights ago, they were in Detroit or watching a Detroit game, specifically scouting Nick Jensen, according to McKenzie. Yeah, so I was going to say, so Nick Jensen has been. A player that many teams have been linked to. Uh, the Leafs, Tampa, I heard, was looking for a right shot defenseman. Like, Jesus Christ. How does Tampa need to add <laughs> anything? What does Tampa need anybody? They'll, they'll get them, too, and they'll give up, like, a six-round pick because that's what Tampa does. Um, yeah, and sign them to a league minimum deal uh, and play yeah. them on the first line and all. Yeah, anyway, but Tampa's good. Yeah, so, like, I'm Nick Jensen, has been, his name has been out there. Um, we know that Brett Pesci and uh, Dougie Hamilton have been linked, but like, if you're Carolina and you're winning and you're in a playoff battle, I don't see how you're trading a top four defenseman right now. Um, I also looked at, I mean, to me, if Jensen, if you, I mean, Jensen, I think should be your second option because like he's not your top, he's not gonna like if the Leafs get Jensen, if you think Mike Babcock. Is playing Nick Jensen over Ron Hainsey. 
You are nuts. Yeah, no, it that's is not going to happen. The le- if you make that deal, you got to tell Mike that hey, you, we're playing this guy. Or you're saying Nikita Zaitsev is not playing. Yeah, or Ron Hainsey. I mean, if I had to choose one, as much as I'm not a fan of Nikita Zaitsev, he's just faster. He he is a better skater. Yeah, I think he could. I take the better skater in every situation. I would too. I just think there's he, something isn't clicking with him. I I don't know if it's that he has not been the same since that concussion he got in his rookie year. Now look, do I expect? I expected some regression after a solid rookie year because now teams have have video on you and realize how to play you. But since that concussion, so from the Washington playoff series and on, Nikita Zaitsev has not been the same player. Yeah. Um. So that means also means that the Leafs were a little too hasty, a little too quick to pull the trigger on no signing that deal. Yep. Thanks, Lou. But uh, I look at it and I'm just like. If the Leafs get Jensen, it's probably Zaitsev that comes out because I don't see Babcock taking, taking Hainsey out. And then yeah. I don't see, like, Dermot on the right side. Look, I commend the kid for wanting to do it. I think he's fine with it. Like, I mean, he's okay doing it because he's done it before in the past. Um, is he performing at his best on the right side? I, there hasn't been enough of a sample size for me to say whether... It has or hasn't. Um, but, I mean, Dermot's not coming out. Muzzin's not coming out. Gardner's not coming out unless he gets traded. And some people have thrown out that possibility. What, because, like, there's a logjam of left-handed shots. If you can trade a left-handed one to get a right-handed one, I could see how that could work. But, man, you better be getting... I know I'm not a, haven't been Gardner's biggest supporter, but you can't just trade him away just because he's soft or and he's not at uh, practice today either. Yeah, I, he's, not a trade he's, thing. I wouldn't. He's think. had maintenance days, so I'm I'm guessing. I haven't seen anything. No, there's nothing suggesting he's been traded, and it would have come out already if he no, was. I'm so trying, it's just injury stuff. I'm just waiting to hear the Babcock always oh, just getting you know, maintenance day off because you think the day before a game, this is probably usually when the veteran guys. I do think there is the possibility that he is dealing with some sort of thing. You know, he did miss a couple of games. And he also got tossed by Tom Wilson on one of those goals last night. So yeah. he could have sparked or could have. Re-injured something? Who knows? Um, there's a couple. Of th- there's a, one more thing I want to bring up before I bring up my. I have two points I want to bring up. Yeah. One. Let's bring this one. Let's bring up the internal thing first. Uh, Justin Hall is practicing. Was taking Gardner's spot. Oh, they kind of move things around because Gardner's not in. I wouldn't be surprised unless Babcock says otherwise. There could be a possibility Gardner doesn't play. Uh, just tomorrow saying, or just tomorrow. in general? Tomorrow. Oh, like, yeah, probably. Like, I like unless Babcock says like it's just a maintenance day. I'm gonna assume that maybe Gardner re-hurt himself because he did hurt himself. Um, yeah. I can't even remember what the initial injury was because he got knocked out of the game. Was it a back? I think it was his back. I want to say. Um, I I can't remember now. I have really certain things. I I, I can remember yeah, certain things. No. Leaf stuff. Gardner's injury, not one of them. Um, but Durbin and Hall have been paired together. I am Yay, besties. Somebody brought this up. I'm pretty sure it was Mike Stevens and Rob Wong were having a conversation about it last night. Yeah. How badly did the Leafs mess up in not at least giving Justin Hall more than two games up until this point? Oh, that's ridiculous. Especially since if he had gotten a decent show of tape you could have traded him for something if you weren't going to use him a team would have thrown a waiver on him i don't mean on waivers i mean a team would have traded a sixth or a fifth for him so that the least could at least use that roster spot for yeah a team would have given him a shot is what i'm getting at there are many teams who actually use their depth yeah oshi ganoff i know we know he can play in the lineup because he's been playing in the lineup Justin Hall, him and Justin Hall should have been getting 
it, if the Babcock wasn't gonna take Hainsy out, that's fine. You you have your reasons. Justin Hahn Ojiganov should have been flip flopping more than they had. Yep. And um, I just wanted to, I even Hainsy should have been out a little longer. I mean, I think back to backs for sure. Yeah. I think. I mean, look, you're you're. We thought having Hall, having Ajiganov, having that depth would allow that to happen. And Babcock just this team has a sports science department, and you're telling me nobody has suggested that Ron Hainsy needs a break once in a while. Oh, they absolutely suggest it every day, and Babcock says, "Oh, good player, not gonna happen." Good I, I players do. don't get tired. Okay, fine. If you then take Hainsy's minutes down and play someone else more. I think last night was one of the first nights that Muzzin played more than Hainsy. I brought this up. Uh, I just, man, we saw what a burnt out Hainsy looked like in the playoffs last year, and we don't want to see that again. And it's going to be the same Boston team, almost, almost. I'm like ninety percent sure it's going to be Boston, unless Boston because the Leafs are going to manage to like they're not just going to lose. A lot of people are saying, like, just lose on purpose so you can get a wild card spot and face New York. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'd rather lose to Boston again than lose to New York and hear all that bullshit about Tavares. I mean, I would, I doubt. The I, I don't know. Be I, anything can happen in the playoffs, series, but all I'm saying. I, I'm. This is what I think. I think the Leafs are better equipped to play the Bruins this time because I think up front they can match better with the Bruins. If yep. they're willing to match up up front properly, back end, I'm not, not as convinced. Uh, if Hainsey and Riley are the pairing, like I know Riley likes Hainsey, he likes the steady steadiness. I'm putting air quotations around that. I um, swear to God, if we ever go into a series with the Bruins again with Ron Hainsey on the top pair, I will not watch those games. I mean, I will just because it's part of my job too, so I have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm bullshitting, of course. Of course, I will watch the games. But it's just I won't be happy about it. sarcasm. Yeah, it's just why? Why are you putting a 38 year old defenseman in a position like that? Just because he won a Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh playing on the first pair doesn't mean he was a first pairing defenseman. It means they had no other choice. Yeah. So this is my question. I mean, the whole that stuff is passed. I like unless Babcock is going to play whole more down the stretch, which he's not. He's not. Um, I think. Dubas should be doing whatever he can, even if he can't pull it off, to find out what can he do between now and Monday to get somebody that can play on that top pairing. Get Radko Gudis, he slashes people in the face. Yeah, I'm I'm off the Radko Gudis train. <laughs> yeah, if my, if my, He's just not smart. If my, He's not a smart player. I understand the the toughness he brings. And all that, but if I'm worried about my top free agent acquisition smashing a guy's head with my his stick, I don't want him. Like we I, were making fun of the Oilers acquiring acquiring, excuse me, Brandon Manning after he injured McDavid. Radko Gudis literally sucker punched his own captain at the World Championships a couple summers ago. Yeah, that wasn't a good look. Like, just not smart. I'm yeah. It's just there's people who who see Gudis and it's look if if the Leafs do acquire him, I mean they'll make it work and I won't be totally upset about it because it could mean that Hainsey's not playing top four minutes. Any addition right now is fine with me on defense, assuming it's not a replacement level player. Yeah, that's like just here to fill a role in case someone gets injured. Yeah, like, look, Adam McQuaid, just to come in once in a while, like, what's the point? Oh, dear God. Who, it's just... who are you taking out for Adam McQuaid? If I swear, I swear, if I hear it's Dermot, if it's... That's like, the problem, is if you bring another guy in, it's almost like... <sighs> that's one thing I will I will watch those games under protest if Babcock scratches Dermot for somebody we get at the trade deadline. Yeah, like... Because Dermot is one of your top three defensemen, and it's time you realize it. Uh, the, now, who could be a guy that um, that the Leafs could trade for? I look at Anaheim. That team needs needs surgery, and yet 
they need surgery, but they just signed Jakob Silverberg to a five-year deal. I think... Somebody needs to save Anaheim from themselves. I mean, like, Bob Murray had the... Okay, this is also a report because they haven't done it yet. Because they don't have any money to do it. It's finished. They just can't announce it officially because they don't have the cap. Well, it's... It's an incredible situation. It's next season, so they can't... I mean, what's the point of rushing to announce it? I look at Anaheim. I'm going to pull up Anaheim's cap friendly. Where are you, Anaheim? How is Anaheim so high up? Because, oh yeah, there's a lot of LTIR guys. And they also have three unbelievably expensive contracts. Yeah. Two cool. two in particular. Perry and Kessler, that's just a disaster. Getzlaff is fine. He's uh, earning his money, I'd say. Or at least in the conversation to be able to earn his money. I'm looking, Perry and Getzlaff. I'm just looking at their defense Gessler. here. Cam Fowler, he's making 6.5 over the next four years. Prime, or sorry, not four years. Sorry, what did I say that? 2024, 2025. So I think it's... They think they signed him to a an eight year deal. I want to say or they signed him to a lot. Like other than the injuries, he's probably their top top pair defenseman. Hampus, he and Lindholm are probably their two best defensemen. I'd yeah, say him and Lindholm, in terms of skill combined, just just a shy under twelve million dollars, and like that has you said, Josh Manson, who I would love the Leafs to get. Talk about some grit. $4.1 million, right shot, 27. He's in his prime. Block shots, grinds, but he's capable of playing top minutes. And then Brandon Montour, who's the guy that many are talking about because he has not been happy in Anaheim. 3.3875, that's his cap hit. For yeah. two more, for one more season, and then he's arbitration eligible. Like Anaheim has such a great opportunity right there, but because of their inability, I can't. I've never seen a team have such a great blue line, and then up front they're a disaster. And they're not even bad. They're just their prospects just aren't there yet. Well, uh, the like, prospects they have a great been prospect there core. Well, it's like though they gave Adam Henrique five point eight million starting. Yeah, that's season. a mistake. They're giving Kessler for. I mean, they. I don't think they signed Kessler to that deal. I think that was the Vancouver deal. It's just a deal like if you play in the top six, apparently you deserve at least five million a year, even though the stats aren't there to prove it. Their best contract is Ricard Raquel. It was fantastic. It was fantastic, but he's. It's just him. It's him. It's Kessler. It's Henrik. It's Silverberg. I like Corey Perry and Ryan Kessler can't produce for them. Yeah, and it's just not a situation where you can get out from under those contracts without giving up significant pieces. Yeah, like and, second rounders or sorry, just draft picks in general. Oh, and also I forgot to mention John Gibson, who two point the guy was making two point three million this season. Starting next year, he makes six point four. And he was a Vesna candidate. For most of the season, I don't know if that's tailed off now. I think, yeah, I I can see like Carey Price, Vasilevsky, and I'd put Freddie in there, but Freddie could probably Laner is probably the better choice. Well, it's like, but Laner and Grice have been splitting it, so I wouldn't even say one is. Laner's still got an, like a ninety three almost save percentage. It's yeah. it's pretty much Vesna candidacy right there. If you're anywhere from a ninety two to a ninety three, you're pretty much a lock. Mm-hmm. Um, I so just to bring this up. So if I'm the Leafs, I'm calling Anaheim. I'm calling a team like Minnesota, teams that desperately need to change things up. Now, how big of a deal the Leafs are gonna have to make to get a defenseman from one of them, I don't know. But if I'm like if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm calling them before I call about Jensen. Yeah. That's fair. So I don't I don't really have much to add to that. You're pretty much spot on. <laughs> yeah, and then you know I mean Jensen's my, sort of a deadline day ad if nothing else pans. Yeah, that's my opinion. And look, that also means you might be spending more because you're pushing other teams that are probably gonna be doing the same thing. But at the end of the day, look, 
you you have this game against Montreal on Saturday to really know for sure what exactly does this team need. We all know it's a right-handed shot defenseman, but this will confirm it. Montreal's actually played some decent hockey this season. Um, they ha- they were on a three-game, I think it was a three-game losing streak, and now um, they've won two straight. They ran the Flyers over, so they're confident. Carey Price is playing Carey Price hockey again. Yep. I said I, I, I spoke on another show and um, that I do on Tuesdays with a guy, and I said that the St. Louis game was a big matchup, like a big test for the Leafs. They... I don't think they failed, but they didn't get a passing grade from me because they failed through half the game and then saved yeah. themselves in the second half of the game. They did. That's pretty much it. They they were they were putting it off. It was almost like you know you're in university and you're like, I got time, I got time. Oh crap, I gotta cram it in, cram it yeah. in, and got a point out of it. But we know we could have done better. Yeah, That's if they how- showed that effort the entire game. It would have been a win. It would have been a win. Easily. I think so. Um and and look, the team can't just um can't just lay down when a goalie has a performance like like uh Bennington has had, Braden Holpe has had, and I wanna say Kemper was the other one. Like, yes. Let's be real I here. We're gonna let Darcy Kemper get into our heads about it. It's like when we lost uh got almost got was it yeah, we got shut out by Staylog last year, wasn't it, after we traded him? Yeah, to Minnesota. Yeah. That was, yeah. Well, he, he, was it a trade or was it that he left for Minnesota? Uh, I think he was unhappy. I forget the situation, but I think he I was think, unhappy. And I then think they, the let, they just let him, let him off him. his PTO. Yeah, they let him go. They just said, and go home. And then he signed with Minnesota and then said a bunch of shit about the Leafs. Yeah. I hey. believe. Hey. That's a weird situation. <laughs> it seems like an eternity ago that happened. Too. It does. Uh, Anyhow, Leafs don't have luck with just if they take goaltenders too lightly, they don't win. Yeah. So the Kyle Dubas has. I think you have to. If look, if a deal doesn't happen, a deal doesn't happen. Like you, if you're honest and saying like last year they were going after McDonough, it didn't happen. If you're honest with yourself and that you did what you could, but the price just wasn't worth it. That's easier to swallow other no other than oh we think we're okay with what we have. Yeah, at least you tried. I w- that's what Leafs fans are hoping for and I can appreciate that. I think that's the right sentiment. You try if you don't ha- if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But the Le- I think Dubas has to at least try. And that's yeah. going to be the thing for uh I'm sure Dubas has been trying. It's just teams teams no are Leafs for- have a certain amount of prospect capital and picks that they're willing to give up. They've already given up some of each. Yeah. In order to get Muzzin, fair, because Muzzin is a top four defenseman, regardless of what Mike Babcock's tendencies might tell you. Um, it's, uh, you're not trading Rasmus Sandin. You're not trading Timothy Lilligren. You're not trading another first round pick. I mean, I unless say- there's, a team really comes down on their price for, say, a Dougie Hamilton or a Brett Pesci. I would you're not giving those pieces up. Like, look, Lilligren is probably the only prospect that I would say you're only trading them if you're getting something that you can work with now and going forward. And Lilligren's just getting back. So, yeah. like, people think his trade value is, like, diminished in some way. Teams he's just coming off a high him. ankle sprain that's had him out since the World Juniors. And teams were asking about him. They weren't. They weren't. Yeah, the teams yeah. wanted Lilligren. Like, he's I mean, a top prospect. He is. He's. They're probably their second pro, second prospect. I think. I'd say he's the Sandin's number one, and then, and then Lilligren number two, and then Bracco. Bracco, yeah. So, and I wouldn't trade Bracco either. No, Bracco is another guy that's going to challenge for a roster spot next season. Yeah. Same with. Uh, there's a couple guys like they're, they're not going to move Pierre Engvall, but he's another guy that's really intriguing. Um, I don't know. There's, there's guys that the Leafs don't want to move and Kyle Dubas is very happy with. And for good reason, they've been very good. And I'd say don't move Lagren cause you're giving up on him way too soon. I would say he hasn't so even too. had a season and a half in North America and you're going to trade him for yeah. an upgrade, but he's going to be something. He will be. And, Look, I, I, my opinion, I would like to see like a guy like Montour 
because I would say think that Anaheim is going to want a forward and not a defenseman back. Um, So I would be okay doing that if you're getting like a guy like Montour. Um, But other than that, like if or Pesci, like if you're getting one of those two guys. But now we know if we're pretty sure if you're doing business with Carolina right now, you're giving up Janssen or Kapanen to get one of their defensemen. You are. And they're both playing like top six forwards right now. So I'm not sure you want to detract from that. I don't think so either. And that's the, that's the challenge Dubas will have. And that's probably what Dubas will have to say. If he's unable to pull the trigger, then he'll have to say, look, it would have cost us Janssen or Kapanen and we weren't prepared to do it. Yep. And I think that'll shut some people up. Yeah. Because do you want to use lose Mango? you want to lose Kathy? Nope. Probably they are not. very good players. You have to give something to get something, but you're probably not just you're not doing a one for one. You're giving up extra stuff on top of Cabinet and Yasin. Yeah. To land a top defenseman, defenseman, especially if it's Dougie Hamilton. Then. Yeah, exactly. If we're still after him, I don't think they are. I don't think. They, I think I it, it's a marginal like, like doesn't really move the needle much, but gets you a guy that's good statistically, or underlying stats at least. I think that's the move the Leafs make, and that's. If they had something bigger planned, they would have pulled the trigger already because Dubas does not seem like a guy that's going to wait till deadline day to make a move. Yeah, He's already proved that by trading for Muzzin. Well, we'll see. Uh, with that being said, Austin, I think this is a good time to end the podcast. Um, we will be back next week, I would say, after the trade deadline. Ah. Uh, because trade deadline day is going to be nuts, and I just don't. I, I Leafs also have a game on trade deadline day, so that's going to be a little crazy. Yeah, so let's we'll hold off until uh, until maybe the Tuesday or Wednesday after trade deadline day, and uh, we thank you guys for. I know we were off the last couple of weeks, but we are back now, and we are pumped. Just uh, not hear about this toughness or anything anymore when that it's all said and done. So I will be happy about that. All right. We want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you uh, subscribe <laughs> and check out all of our stuff on tipofthetower.com. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>